Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines. As always, alongside Chad Gordon, I am Ryan Lieber. And Chad, man, has it been fun this last week and some oh, change yeah. to see this Cubs team getting right back into the swing of things. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I got to tell you, it's been great. Uh, so many people were ready to throw in the towel in the offseason because the Cubs supposedly didn't go out and spend $500 million. That Apparently, they should have done that or even even more than that. And uh, people were very frustrated, as they should have been, the way the first seven games were, the first nine games. But I got to tell you, it's a long season. And although you can't win them all, this Cubs team is certainly trying to win every one of them. Yeah, they certainly are. We got a lot to get to. Uh, some great uh, conversations that we have with our seventh inning stretch conductor this week, Alex Pat. You can find Alex at ShyFanPat1, and he's the host of Fan Sides Climbing the Ivy Show. Uh, he's also the co-host of Swirsky Sports, writes for Cubby's Crib. Um, great online, and uh, certainly we are excited to have that conversation with him in our seventh inning stretch. But first, yeah. Chad, uh, well, let us... no, I want to I want to touch on that. Is there anything yeah. Alex doesn't do? My goodness, I mean, he is out there. We're doing this podcast and having a great time with it. But man, that guy has his fingers and and uh, toes in just about everything. Yeah, and I want to. Uh, pretty excited to share. Uh, we've got a new sponsor. It's it's Anchor Voicemail, and so it's a new feature. If you follow the link in the show notes you can actually leave us a message that we may use. You know, it might be one of our show topics, one of our inning topics. It could be a hot take you want to share. It could be an opinion. It, it could be anything and everything. But give it a look, give it a listen, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you want to share something, um, ask us a question. If you want to suggest some new theme music, maybe you've got a, a band, you want to do that, the, the Friendly Confines would love to have a new opener uh, uh, show open. So, it, um, yeah. Yeah, and I normally don't do this, but I feel like because this literally happened while you and I were talking, I have to just bring this up. So Tell as, me. You, as you know, you and I, we certainly do everything we can to bring on the best guests who know the ins and outs of the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago sports scene. Uh, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, we just what? got an email. No. Yep. I just got an email from David Haw, the morning show host at 670, the score in Chicago. He's also one of the lead sports writers at the Chicago Tribune. Literally just emailed me as we were speaking saying, let's do this. Let's make this happen. And, and after that on Facebook, Dave Ennett, the sports director of WGN radio, who also is <laughs> Been covering WGN. He's on WGN News on TV as well. He's the weekend sports anchor. Fills in for Dan Rowan. Uh, he just literally emailed me while we were chatting. They they emailed me chat at the exact same time. Both of them said, "Let's find a date and a time and let's make what? this hit happen." What? So first off, I love that Ryan. Thanks for sharing that. That is that's live. That's that's breaking news. That <laughs> you're sharing, but you know what I love is like you know you think back. There are so many incredible guests that I've been so excited that we've had on here. You know, I think about the former ESPN Baseball Tonight co-anchor, who's now sports director in Cincinnati, Gary Miller. Um, he was on there. Um, we've had uh, Mark Silverman. He's come. He's a friend of the show, going to come back. You know, we had the late, great Chet Kopic, um, David Kaplan. I mean, who are some of your favorites? I've named some of the bigger names, but I mean, like, you know, Josh Freeman, we, we had, you know, you know, you, you want to hear from uh, minor league baseball? How about the, the guy that, that does the, the AAA for Iowa? I mean, we, we have had everyone. Yeah, we really have. And I mean, that's the great part about this show is that not only can we have, you know, mainstream media guys, you know, that we probably 
and and the listeners know because they watch and listen to on a regular basis, whether it's on the radio or on TV, but kind of like someone like Alex, who, you know, because the way that the medium is today, because of all the online and podcasts that we have at our disposal, there are so many great opportunities for people like you and I, like Alex, who can get out there and have a following as well. And, and be able to talk about the team that we love so much, and that's the Chicago Cubs. So, yeah, you, you hit it on the head, Chad. I mean, we got so many great guests coming up in the next few weeks. I'm really excited. Um, normally, you and I don't talk about who our guests are because we don't want to jinx it, but I had to bring <laughs> that up just because they literally, while we were on the phone, it was like one emailed me on Facebook and the other one emailed me at my personal email. So it was like, whoa. So well, Ryan, I, Ryan, I want to let you know uh, an update here. Uh, Jack Buck and um, and uh, and Bob Costas, they have not returned my messages yet. <laughs> we're going to work on Jack Buck. That's gonna, uh, the, er, excuse me. We're going to work on Joe, Joe. Buck. Actually, Joe Buck, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. We're going to work. Yeah. Jack, Jack, it might be a little tough to get. Um, <laughs> might be slightly <laughs> tough to get, uh, but we'll have to we'll have to see. But Joe Buck, I think we may be able to get him down the line. So we'll, we'll see yeah. how that works out. Anyway, uh, let's move to the first inning. Let's obviously talk about. Uh, first things first, and and interesting, Chad. This literally also just kind of came out just big news. Several yeah, hours it, was, ago. it was. There were rumors. There were rumors, but yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, very big deal. It was just announced officially that next season the Cubs will play in a regular season matchup and a series in London against the St. Louis Cardinals. Now this year it's going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox, I believe. And next year, another great rivalry, arguably the best rivalry in the National League uh, or in baseball, for that matter. You got the Cubbies and the Cardinals. It hasn't been announced if it's a home series for the Cubs or the Cardinals. It hasn't been announced how many games they're playing. Um, Just saying that they will play a regular season series. So I I will start with this. I got to say, I don't know. I understand that baseball is trying to kind of do what the NBA does, kind of broaden the game internationally they play games in mexico you know they're trying to kind of bring the game over to other places the nfl does it obviously in england and london as well so i i see where the the point is um but at the end of the day if you're a fan of either the cubs or the cardinals and that's a home series that you're gonna miss against you know their biggest rival I got to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I feel like that's that's possibly two less games on the docket if it's for the Cubs that you're not going to be able to see arguably the best series of the year uh, when you're talking about, you know, two teams that go head to head and hate each other like they do, unless you're going to fly to London. I suppose there's going to be plenty of people that do that, but it's definitely not going to have the same feel as if it were in St. Louis or in Chicago. Uh, maybe that's a little selfish of me, but I, that's just kind of my take on that. Where, where do you stand? Well, I, I'm, I'm all over the place on this one. I'm a season ticket holder. So I'm thinking, is this going to take away from the, my games at Wrigley? Right. Take away yeah. From the game at Bush stadium. That's fine. But you're going to charge me the same, but, th- but yeah, I can see them doing that. No, no, ra- no increases from last year, but we're going to give you two less games. Or if they take one game from each series, I don't know. As a fan, as, as a fan of the team, I don't like this at all. I don't like the wear and tear. My hope is that this won't happen for another 15 more years. Maybe we're just first up, you know, um, but there's a reason why the Jaguars are doing it in, in, in the NFL is because they can't sell out their 
their eight home games. So it's one less game that they have to worry about. And they're, you know, this really comes down to, and you've touched on it, Ryan, they're trying to open up new doors and, and new eyeballs and get new t-shirts and hats and different sales in different markets. And, you know, to bring the Cubs and the Cardinals, they've got a great story, but you know, Oakland versus Tampa would have been a much better situation for me. Um, I get what they're trying to do. I don't think it would have mattered who they put over there, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I, you know, it is, it is a marquee matchup, um, but if you want the exposure, you know, do the folks that are, that can't even get 10,000 uh, people into their, their stadium, uh, not two folk, you know, two teams that are putting um, 40, you know, 35 to 40,000 a piece in there. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the second inning now. Oh, can, I, can I say one thing, Ryan? Yeah, go for it. I'm going to go to that game. I'm telling you right now, I don't miss too many big opportunity moments. So you'll see me at that game next year. I, 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 I can guarantee I'm going to have a business trip that just happens to coincide. So, well, you're always good like that. And I have no doubt you'll find your way on television in some way, shape or form. <laughs> you'll have some sort of interaction with somebody uh, to allow you to uh, have yourself front and center. So good, good for you. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful part about <laughs> You being able to do that, you've uh, you've always been uh, successful in that way. All right, second inning now, and uh, let's talk about one guy who's now back from injury. And man, I'm so glad he's back um, because he spells relief for a very valuable player on the team. And then one guy who is out uh, for a period of time. We're not sure why, or rather how long, I should say. But um, first, let's start about who is back. Victor Caratini is back in the lineup for the Cubs. The catcher uh, is uh, obviously going to be playing an important role uh, for this team because he spells relief for Wilson Contreras, who has been nothing short of amazing uh, as the best catcher in baseball right now, considering everything he is dealing with. But listen, in today's day and age, uh, it is hard to continue to catch every single game it's not 1965 anymore, 1970 yeah. anymore. You got to be able to at least have a guy who can catch a good 25 games for you, uh, so you can get some time off. On the other side of it, um, Victor Carantini is playing first base right now. Why? Because yeah. Anthony Rizzo is currently out of the lineup, um, and he is just was starting to hit his stride too. So a little disappointed that um, Riz is not uh, currently playing. Now, he's not on the IL. Uh, right. He is just, you know, being sat out for precautionary measures due to back tightness. Um, but, again, you know, listen, Rizzo is is kind of the, uh, the straw that stirs the drink for this offense. And not having him for a significant period of time is certainly going to be uh, problematic. So it's a little nerve-wracking. Um, not to see Riz uh, healthy right now. It's a, it's a little nervous, and hopefully he can get back into the lineup pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, a couple takes on this. One, thank goodness we had the opportunity for Taylor Davis to come up because he had that epic moment. No matter what happens is his career, he seems to be a kind of a career minor leaguer for him to have that grand slam. That was just amazing and fun, and what a great piece. Victor Carantini, people have to think back when he left, if you, you know, those, those weeks ago, he was on a tear and he was squaring up the ball with effectiveness and with regularity. And so I'm excited to see him back. And as a weapon, I, you know, he's obviously going to be a stronger weapon um, and he's a, he's a good receiver. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely a plus, you know, and, and just to think about it, we, we went on that tear with Wilson playing most of the games, but you're right. He breather. Now, when we address Rizzo, it goes down to what I've been saying all along. And I'm going to continue to say this. Now that drugs are illegal and steroids and all those other, you know, HGH and all those things are being tested for. I have grave concerns for 
the Chris Bryant's of the world, the Anthony Rizzo's of the world. I mean, Anthony is, is, you know, is I think six, three, 240, you know, that's a big boy. And as he gets older, it's going to be tougher and tougher. So if he's got these, this back issue, um, hopefully it is a fleeting situation. It's not a nagging issue that like that happened to Chris Bryant, but his peripherals and his numbers are absolutely down. He's trending down, but I take that with a grain of salt because as we both know, Anthony is a slow starter as the season goes on, but we were starting to see a swagger at the plate and he is the guy you want at first base. He digs out those balls and he's, he's such a great um, force and, and, and just the presence in the infield. So hope he comes back soon. Glad to see he went, didn't go on the 10 day. Um, but I have some grapes and concerns about these bigger guys on the team. I'm glad to see that Willie is going to get a bit of a breather. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the third inning now. And uh, obviously with Joe Madden juggling the lineup, he's never afraid to kind of use, uh, you know, just kind of an out-of-the-box sort of leadoff hitter. I mean, he did that with Anthony Rizzo. Um, and now he's doing it with Kyle Schwarber, who is uh, let off uh, for the Cubs uh, the last couple of nights. Uh, and, and Schwarber's actually been batting decently the last uh, 17 games, got about a 270 batting average. Um, and, you know, like I said, he's not your customary leadoff hitter. But, um, you know, I give Joe Madden credit where credit is due when it comes to being creative with this lineup because the Cubs really don't have that kind of regular leadoff guy that you would think of um, when you're you're starting out in, uh, you know, the, the top of the lineup. So I'm fine with Schwarbs leading off. I think it's kind of cool to see him set the table um, because I think if Schwarber gets a hold of one early or he's able to kind of find his groove, um, that means good things for the rest of the lineup. So, uh, so I'm on board when Schwarbs leads off. Obviously, I know this is not a permanent solution by any stretch, but under the current circumstances, I, I have no problem with this. I think it's a, a cool move to see, and uh, I'm, I'm all in favor, especially um, with the team kind of you know trying to get themselves as, as much offensive firepower early on as possible. Yeah, where art thou, Dexter Fowler? I mean, we just we've been searching for a leadoff man since he's departed. And you know, if you look at Kyle, just you know, the the eye test, he doesn't look at he definitely doesn't look at. And if you think about what Kyle brings to the table, you think, you know, kind of that 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 Babe Ruthian sort of power hitter that hits the you know the ball into the Allegheny River and and uh, and and the Ohio River and all that fun stuff. But you know, what makes sense for this and where I actually think it makes a lot of sense if you really pour into the numbers is, you know, Kyle is, is I think, second in walk rate on the team. I think he's near the top 10 in the National League. So he's got a very discerning eye. You need that in a leadoff batter. And also his on-base percentage is is outstanding, again, among the team leaders and, and, and one of the National League leaders. So um, it makes a lot of sense. And, and honestly, a leadoff guy is only a leadoff guy to start the game. And after that, it's, it's just where the rotation turns over or the, the lineup rather turns over after the pitcher and puts more pressure on it. So I like him up there because he's got a good discerning eye. He, you never get into a situation where he's hacking. And I am surprised that, that you know, that he has, you know, four or five home runs at this point. That's that's a surprise to me. Um, but he's another guy that I feel like is going to go on a run and, and really, really open it up. And again, let's we've said this before. Um, that thin, trim, um, lean, mean fighting machine, Kyle Schwarber, that came into the season. <laughs> yeah, that guy's gone. We, we've got the guy we got. And, and um, um, he has played a serviceable left field. And, and uh, he's spot. It's going to be interesting to see if somebody's going to take hold and own it. Yep. 
I agree completely. Let's move on now to the fourth inning. And um, my goodness, Chad, has there been a better combo in Major League Baseball when it comes to starting pitching than Kyle Hendricks and John Lester? Now, I'm going to let you spew all the stats. All I'll say is this. A, uh, John Lester continues to be the greatest free agent signing of all time for the Chicago Cubs. Um, There is no question in my mind. I know people would love to say, Uh, Somebody like Andre Dawson, who certainly meant the world to the Chicago Cubs, don't get me wrong. But John Lester, by far and away, has, I I personally think, I mean, people were kind of nervous when he signed his contract. In my opinion, John Lester has outperformed this contract. Um, They got him at a bargain, if you consider what other pitchers are currently making right now who are the top pitchers in baseball. Um, John Lester is phenomenal and at 35, 36 years old, uh, just continues to be just the the point of consistency when it comes to, um, you know, playing and pitching on the mound. I mean, the guy will probably make the all-star team again. As for Kyle Hendricks, Again, I mean, the professor has just caught his stride. His last three starts have been absolutely magnificent. Uh, The only thing that I'm upset about, and I texted you this the other day, that as far as I'm concerned, Kyle Hendricks should have three complete games right now instead of one. Um, and, and that just drives yeah. me bananas when it comes to Joe Madden and the way he uses the bullpen. But other than that, this team uh, with those two, it has been absolutely remarkable. Without a doubt, they are the two best pitchers right now in baseball. No, no, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you've just shared except for the, the, the complete game. It's, you know, for me and my take on that, it's a different era. It's a different time. And if he had three complete games, that would, that might be the record for the rest of the, the, the baseball for the rest of the year, even though he had the opportunity, I think you have to, because you have all those arms. I think you have to give your arms a chance to come in there in those levered situations and prove himself. And let me tell you the stats uh, again. I, and what you said about John being being you know outperform his contract. Oh my God! Without a doubt, he was the reason when they signed him before the 15 year. You just look at the the you know Major League Baseball the most wins. He was there to help make that trend transition from what had been a, a hell of a losing streak um, over over the last several years that Rizzo is the only remaining person for. And he came in and really set the stage and and, and set really the 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 culture in the clubhouse. But listen to this. This is from Christopher Kampka who is a tremendously great follower on Twitter. He always has some great stats he throws out there. John Lester, Kyle Hendricks combined this month. Listen to this. 0-2-0 ERA. 0.20 ERA. They pitched 42.2 innings. They've given up one earned run, three walks, 37 strikeouts. Three walks, 37 strikeouts. Um, that is incredible. We're going to see both of them this weekend in Washington to see if they can keep that up against a potentially it's a struggling team, but, a, but, a, a, but, you know, there's some, there are some weapons on the nationals offense. And uh, I got to tell you th- that duo, and we're not going to talk about Quintana. We're not going to talk about Cole. We're, we're going to talk about you in a little bit, but goodness, those two, I don't know if there's a better duo in major league yeah, baseball. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I can't think of one. Off the top of my head, I mean, I know everyone loves to, you know, make, the only other duo I can could potentially see, and again, I still say the Cubs are probably better. I, I mean, maybe you can make the argument for Jake DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard. I, I mean, those are the only two guys that are even remotely comparable um, that I can think of yeah. off the top of my head that could be 
just as good uh, than those two. But other than that, I mean, presently, no. Like, you're right. There is no one better, in my opinion. I, I don't see anybody. I mean, I don't know Scherzer and Strasburg. But again, I, I still think that Lester uh, Hendricks right now, present form, uh, best duo, absolutely, in Major League Baseball. Yes. All right. So yeah. with that, let us move on to the next inning, that being the fifth. And uh, on Monday, Chad, man, what a huge game we uh, have going on. Huge. The Philadelphia huge. Phillies uh, with Bryce Harper coming to Wrigley Field. And uh, what makes this game even more compelling is the fact that Hugh Darvish will be on the hill for the Cubs against former Cy Young Award winner Jake Arrieta, making his return to Wrigley to pitch against the Cubs in Wrigley for the first time since he left um, after the 2017 season. Uh, man, is it going to be an emotional game for Jake uh, as he goes out there. And, you know, obviously the storyline is going to be not only the fact that Jake is returning and it's his first game back, but just happens to be pitching against you, the pitcher who replaced Jake as he left for the Phillies. So, uh, Chad, is this going to be the best matchup, even though – um, you know, we'll probably see better matchups, but is this going to be probably the most compelling matchup for the Cubs this year with these two guys on the mound? Is this the best storyline that, that the, the Cubs will have during the regular season with Arietta and Darvish because of all the history and the storyline uh, behind it? I like your take and I like your direction. I like what you're thinking about. I think about it in a different way. This, this, is, this is the opportunity for the curtain call. This is the opportunity for what should be one hell of a standing ovation. Um, this, this is, this is, and, and it's going to be well-deserved. I mean, you Darvish it has to know that the pitcher on the, in, the, in the other jersey, uh, on, on, in the other dugout, is going to get an ovation that he has never seen and never heard and potentially never will because you know what? At one point, Jake Arrieta, for a period, for, for parts of two seasons, Jake Arrieta was the greatest pitcher that baseball had ever seen. He was putting up stats and numbers that that may never be – you talk about incredible pitching. You, you name some incredible pitchers. Nobody was as good as Jake during that period. And it's it's I'm, – I'm very disappointed not to be there. I, I actually was trying to be there last year, and, and he, didn't, he had, didn't play here or play in Chicago at Wrigley. Um, I, I'm just – I'm – that is that is somebody you know just everybody that has a, a special place in that 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 run of teams and especially the 2016 team. But you know I was I was fortunate enough I was in Dodger Stadium Jake through the the no hitter and it was just by pure dumb luck. That's how a lot of my my baseball uh, stories are and they start off. He was just a pitcher um, that was so incredibly special. He's never regained that. And if you really look at you know the matchup on paper, it's not very impressive. I mean both. Both guys, neither one are really tearing up. Um, let's talk about you for just a second. It kind of went unnoticed. Remember how many games he started last? Eight. Yeah. Hugh Darvish has now started nine games, so we've already got more out of him than last year. But if you look at him, he's he's pitched about fourteen innings less than uh, than Jake. He's got two wins. Jake's has four. Uh, three losses to four losses. Hugh's uh, uh, actually only given up thirty-five hits. Uh, Jake's given up fifty-two. Earned runs, they're even with 24 and 25, and they've both given up 28 um, earned runs, and they're pretty even uh, on strikeouts. So if you look at it on paper. The walks, I'm sure, are just ridiculous on you's end, though. 
Well, it's it's thirty three to twenty three. It always feels ridiculous. And yeah. Let's talk. We aren't going to talk. The, the the start in Cincinnati where he didn't get the win, he deserved the win. That was a performance. I mean, five point one innings. Everybody can be frustrated that it took him a lot of pitches to get to five point one. Uh, get through five point one. He struck out eleven people, and and those strikeout guys, they don't. They're not all like. Kyle Hendricks with 89 pitches. Those strikeout guys are are, are up there working. Um, they're work, trying to piece together a puzzle. So he's not going to go deep in too many games. But 11 strikeouts was pretty amazing up against I think zero walks. So so yep. you know that could be the sign of what's to come. And so for that reason, I'll, I'll give you that Jake versus you. That could be one hell of a matchup. 100. percent All right, let us move on to the sixth inning and. Some sad news to talk about here with the yeah. Cubs. Uh, ben Zobris, the 2016 World Series MVP, has been such a key cog on this team for the last several years. It was uh, reported uh, basically today that he um, is filing for divorce from his wife, Juliana, who is a, uh, a singer, uh, very uh, known in the sense that she has sang the national anthem several times at Wrigley Field throughout the course of his time with the Cubs. Um, alleging uh, Ben Zobrist is alleging inappropriate marital conduct uh, by his wife. And, uh, you know, listen, I mean, as somebody who uh, has seen friends go through divorce and, and even breakups, I mean, I've gone through breakups, you've gone through breakups. Um, it's not easy. And, and, and this is a couple that have been married um, since 2005 and they have children together. Um, it is not an easy and and to then pair that with you got to come to work every day and be a, you know, really good baseball player. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult. So I'm talking about the human side of this um, because we expect there are athletes to basically show up and and just be robotic. And we sometimes don't think about the personal lives that they have behind the curtain of things that may be going on. So Ben Zobris has taken a leave of absence from the team. Um, no word on when he will return. And quite frankly, Chad, I know you would kind of mention this to me in a text, you know, who knows if he'll even come back this season. I personally think he will eventually, but um, certainly he needs to take his time and, and do what he needs to do because his children, his mental health, uh, those are more important right now than anything that's going on on the baseball field. So, um, you know, listen, really not a lot to dig into on this other than, you and I have both been there before when it comes to just breakups in general and uh, they're difficult. So I can only imagine what he is going through and he needs to kind of just concentrate on himself and his kids as he deals with this uh, difficult issue in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not a fun one to report. Um, we've had a few of these. We've got another not fun one to report after the seventh inning stretch and um, but it's, it's, it's life. And, uh, and what, what the reason this is even an ending topic for us is because this is Ben Zobris. This is, he's in the last year of his contract, world series, MVP, 2016. He's come through with some incredibly big hits, but be very honest. I mean, he, he came to spring training late with, with, uh, some personal leave, uh, uh loud time by the club and found his groove. He struggled, um, throughout this year. So I do wonder if he's going to be able to get his head on straight where he'll be able to clear it and, and, and play. Cause he's obviously, um, a family man. And, uh, um, and, and so I guess the, the reason this is important to me is because it, it, it is a weapon that the Cubs don't have. It's, it's a veteran presence that the Cubs don't have. Um, and, and all I can say at this point is, um, you know, 
come back when you can. And, uh, and I hope everything works out great for, for the entire Zobers family. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines. And we are joined this week by Alex Pat, who you can hear on multiple podcasts, Swirsky sports. He's a co-host of, you can find him on Twitter at shy fan Pat one as well. He's a great follow Alex. Welcome to the friendly confines with uh, Ryan and Chad. How you doing? Good. Appreciate the time. And of course, uh, taking a few minutes to join us here on the program. So Alex, first let's start uh, as the Cubs enter their first game against the Cincinnati Reds, 10 games over 500, 24 and 14. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, when you're talking about this team and just how red hot they are, Chris Bryant's got to come to mind immediately. I mean, he has just been on a tear. Seems like now uh, the exit velocity is no longer an issue because he's hitting home runs at a record rate. Um, so from your vantage point, what have you noticed from, from Bryant these last couple of weeks that maybe we weren't seeing um, the first couple of weeks of the season and now we're seeing him again at that MVP I level? think just when you watch him, you see him flat out hit the ball when it's in the zone because before, I know it sounds, you know, like state the obvious, but he was missing a lot of hittable pitches in the first few weeks of the season, whether it was a fastball up or a changeup anywhere in the zone. Even if they were flat, he was just flat out missing them. And the swing just, it didn't look right. It looked like something was just off. But now you see the swing and you remember those majestic shots he hit in 2015, 2016. You're seeing that again. And the results are happening. The ball is exploding off his bat. They're going far. It's being hit hard. And the great thing is, is that he's having these great at-bats again where he's not pressing anymore because when he was in that slump and he was missing some very hittable pitches, like I mentioned earlier, you could see him start to press. And when you start to press, usually the slump continues. But now that he's hitting the ball, whether it's for outs or for hits, the confidence is there. The good at-bats are there again. And everything just seemed to start flowing again. I would say it was about the Arizona series when they were in Arizona you saw a lot of hard contact, even if it wasn't home runs or hits. You saw a number of flyouts that were hit hard, but for outs. Now you're seeing things fall in. It's just when you start hitting the ball more consistently, those are going to start to fall in. It just seemed like a very gradual progression towards the player he once was. And now that he's here, you know, we're seeing it night in, night out. The, the home runs are coming. The hits are coming. The good at-bats are coming. The walks are coming. Everything is falling into place. And it all just started with him making contact on pitches he needed to make contact with. All right. We're talking with Alex Pat. He's the host of Fan Science Climbing the Ivy, show and co-host of Swirsky Sports, also writes for Cubby, uh, giving us a few minutes here on the friendly confines as the Cubs. Uh, as we mentioned, it's, it's nice to see this team back where it belongs. Were you panicking, Alex? Because I was a little panicky. I think a lot of people were after that slow start. And now to see how they have just kind of turned it on and flipped the switch. Um, was there ever a moment during the first few weeks of the season that you said, well, th this is not going well. Maybe, maybe it's time we need to think about how we restructure this team. How did, how did you kind of assess that? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was the type of guy to say, look, I'm not going to want to blow this up and talk about starting over and all that. But 
I was a little worried. I'm going to be completely honest. The way things were going, everything was going wrong, except maybe the offense. They were scoring runs, but the pitching was so bad, especially the bullpen. The defense was so bad. Everything just seemed out of sync. And yes, it was the first week or so of the season. But you're in the NL Central where there are a number of good and competitive teams. You got the Brewers, you got the Cardinals. Heck, even the Pirates are decently competitive right now. If you're going to dig yourself a deep hole and spend the rest of the season working out of it, that's what I was worried about when they were 2-7. and seven. I said, okay, look, they have an opportunity to dig out of this hole because if they dig any further, it may be too late by the time you get hot again. So they started digging out at the very right time. You're like, okay, they're 2-7. and seven. You don't want to fall 10-plus games under 500 going into the next few weeks because with all the other teams above you, they're going to create some distance early on. Look, baseball's a long season, and you kind of saw some of the flukiness go the wrong way for the Cubs, and you figure, okay, the bullpen can't be this bad for this long. Some of those breaks are going to go the other way, but everything just seems so out of sync, and with the way the offseason went with, you know, a lot of bad feelings in a number of areas, I couldn't help but worry. Was I saying, okay, it's over, it's done? No, but I was worried. I'll be honest, I was worried. <laughs> and not for long. So far, uh, so good. The Cubs' hottest team in baseball now since that early uh, stretch where they got off to that slow start. Uh, we're talking with Alex Pat here. He's given us a few minutes here on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines podcast. Alex, it's interesting. I was reading um, from Waddle and Sylvie of ESPN 1000 that Carl Ravitch apparently came on and had heard through sources that the Cubs actually are hoping Addie Russell is their everyday shortstop and that Javi would play kind of more around the infield, whether that's third or second. Um, I don't know if that's a report you had seen or not, but when you hear that initially, what, what's your reaction to something like that? Well, I heard that report. Yes, I did. And immediately when I saw it, I said, no way. That's crazy. Why would you use your MVP to accommodate someone else? Teams should be accommodating for their MVP, not using their MVP as an accommodation for a lesser player. I mean, okay, some people may argue that Russell is a better fielder at shortstop, but I would still say Baez is the better shortstop, period. He's got a better arm. I like the range he has. He makes the great plays. And look, Javi Baez has been your MVP this whole season so far. Yeah, Chris Bryant is approaching, approaching that level, but Baez has been consistently your MVP all season. You're not going to move him around. I know you want to see some versatility from a number of these guys, but when something's working, you got to ask yourself, what's more important? Building value for one player or winning ball games? Because right now, Javier Baez playing every day at shortstop is part of the formula for winning ball games. So when I saw that, I thought, okay, I, I, I just, I got to see some more evidence of this because this doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like a bunch of reporters were coming out and verifying this report. It was one guy saying it, and a lot of people were scratching their heads, including Waddle and Sylvie. It just never added up to me. Yeah, I agree with you too. I mean, especially with, you know, just how good of a situation as far as 
having Javi at short, Descalzo at second, you know, kind of filling in with Zobrist. And then you got, like you said, Rizzo and Brian on the wings. I mean, to me, it, it is a head scratcher. Uh, to say the least. Um, Alex, let's talk a little bit about the pitching because it has been absolutely marvelous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hendricks has been terrific. Lester's come back from injury pitching great. Hamels, um, Quintana, you know, for the most part, been pitching well. Obviously, everybody's kind of pointing at Hugh Darvish, just kind of waiting for him to eventually uh, be a little more smooth. But are you more impressed? let's, Let's pose the question bullpen right now where would you go on that well with the bullpen it's kind of strange because you've seen it so up and down right we've seen the really good we've seen the really bad now it's getting the job done right now past few weeks hasn't always been pretty but it's getting the job done I feel like the Cubs, no matter what, they have to make some significant additions to it because you look at some of the key guys in the bullpen. Strope has been injury prone the past year. C-Shek's arm's probably going to fall off at some point because of how much he's used. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr., he's come up and he's looked good again, but has he proved consistency yet? No. And obviously, Xavier Cedeno is still kind of a question mark because he's just coming back. Uh, You have Mike Montgomery, who is probably going to be bouncing around between roles like he usually is. Uh, Tyler Chatwood, how long is he going to keep that up? Which he deserves a lot of credit. You you really got to hand it to Tyler Chatwood. But you want to see that kind of proven over time that he can do that more than just a few weeks. You're going to need to add some significant pieces, I think. Whether it's trade, uh, claiming off waivers, anything. You're going to need to add, add some more pieces throughout this season. Uh, Just because I feel like bullpens are the one area where velocity somewhat matters, where you want guys that can throw hard. Obviously, not everyone has to, but let's face it, the Cubs don't have a lot of fireballers in that bullpen. And I think part of postseason and division winning success is having some fireballers in that pen. So I like what they've been doing lately, but there's still some cracks that need to be filled. So true. So true. Alex Pat taking a few minutes with us here on the Friendly Confides. Alex, thank you so much for, uh, for hanging, hanging out with us and uh, taking a few minutes of your time. Um, tell everybody again where they can find your work and uh, where they can hear so you. So you can check out Climb the Ivy, the official podcast of Cubby's Crib. Uh, you could go on Spreaker.com and look up Climb the Ivy. You can also check out Cubby'sCrib.com as part of Fansided. A lot of great writers there, a lot of good content. Uh, always talking Cubs, so Check that website out, and you can check me out on Twitter at ShyFanPat1. And links to all my uh, works and publications will be in my bio. Alex, awesome to have you. Please, we would love to have you on again. Thank you so much Thanks for, for having us. me. Love to come back. Awesome. All right, our thanks to Alex Pat for joining us on the seventh inning stretch. Uh, again, you can find Alex. At Shy Fan Pat One, uh, and of course, the host of Fan Sides Climbing the Ivy Show and co host of Swirsky Sports and writes for Cubby's Crib. So, uh, good stuff from Alex. It was uh, great to talk to him, and I'm sure we'll have him back in the near future. And you can uh, find us if you're on the Facebook, which we know you are. Um, look for the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Cubs Facebook page, it's a fun community. 
Um, we've got a few thousand people in there and, uh, it's a great, uh, there's, there's, there's original, uh, uh writing. Um, we'll obviously share the podcast. Uh, we have tickets, uh, opportunities as well at Wrigley field and at Mesa, uh, a lot of fun. So let's dig in to the eighth inning. And I said before, spoiler alert, you know, not every one of these topics are the, the, the most fun thing. Well, I'm just going to pose this question. It happened. Finally, it happened on Wednesday, Addison Russell, hit a home run, you know, were you conflicted, Ryan? Did you, were you excited? Did you pump your fist? I mean, how are we supposed to act? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't really know how to act. It's like, you're happy because he's helping the Cubs, but at the same time, uh, again, I, I still have a lot of conflict with him playing for this team and being a part of this organization. I, here's the thing, Chad. I, and again, I don't know like how to kind of, bring this up without you know maybe not sounding uh sympathetic in some degree but how did people feel when when Araldis Chapman was the closer for this team I mean I know there was some chat you know chatter about him when he dealt with his legal issues um for alleged domestic violence and whatnot but at the end of the day he he did help the Cubs win a World Series and people kind of like push that, you know, to the bottom and didn't really think twice about it after that because he was winning. Um, is it because this is, is this different because we have the account from Addison's ex-wife who has been so vocal about it? I, is that the difference here? Because we didn't have anything that was tangible from Araldis Chapman's you know, a, alleged girlfriend that at the time that she didn't say anything. She didn't, I don't think she pressed charges if I remember correctly. Um, is that what the issue is here? Is that the difference? Because let, let's not forget Addison Russell has never been arrested for this crime. He has never been charged with anything. He has just been accused by his ex-wife, but the damning uh, information that she posted on social media or her friend's posted on social media i think that is really what what the biggest difference is here um and again this is a very slippery slope and i understand this is a very sensitive topic and i do not condone this behavior by any stretch but where do we draw the line right where do we draw the line as fans and as people to say well because we had that that's not okay but because we didn't have this information we were okay with the cubs having a raldis chapman for the most part because he led the Cubs to the world series the, you know, I mean, that's where I have some problems with this. Yeah. It, it, you know, the one positive, if I could share the one positive I mentioned before about how it's helping me kind of compartmentalize and I can totally appreciate everybody's opinion on this and their anger. And, and, and if some are just going to never root for him um, ever again, Hey, you have, you do it, it absolutely what you feel is, is right in your heart. When, when, when Rizzo said, you know, we've all made mistakes we're ashamed of and, and hopefully we get a second chance. And, and there is a thing about rehabilitation. There is a thing about, you know, what I've always said about, about Addison Russell is he is under a microscope for the rest of his life, every relationship he's going to be in, every interaction. So, you know, let's say he has bad behaviors well guess what he's not going to be able to have any bad behaviors and survive in this league he's you know th- that next suspension is going to be an entire year now his ex ex-wife she came out melissa came out in the last week and was quoted in one of the blogs and said something very similar 
to what Addison, to what uh, Anthony Rizzo said. And again, that helps. And she said, I've not been following it. I know he's been getting a lot. I'm paraphrasing here. I know he's been getting a lot of grief online. I'm not following that at all. And I don't revel in it. And you know what? I, you know, it, it, we all deserve a second chance. She actually said, you know, that in relation to him. And so for that reason, I believe in second chances. I believe that um, no matter if you're 50 years old or 20 years old, and Addison was a very young individual when he did this, a man, um, by, but, but, but a young man, um, I think he deserves an opportunity. Um, so again, hate reporting that story. I can't wait for this to, to just, to, to, uh, you know, for him to continue to either prove himself or they get the trade value and move him on. Can I throw one thing out there before I go out there? Yep. Can I share a stat line to you that is not related to Addison Russell to kind of uplift this or sure. at least confuse you? Are you sure. ready? So, so batting average right now is 301 with 11 home runs. Would you take that if that was would you would you take that on your team? Not knowing the player just in general if it was player what? X or saying. Well, well just know that would lead the Cubs right now batting average 301 with 11 home runs. Would you take right. that? Yes. That's that's Tommy Lastella with the Los Angeles Angels. Are you kidding me? Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow, yeah, that's and now impressive. You, now, so, so I, I'm going to throw this out here. This was, this was, this could have been an inning topic. I'm just going to throw this out to you. The Cubs, did they get fleeced on their trade? Did they? I mean, did, <laughs> what were maybe? Maybe they wanted Tommy to just have a chance, which I appreciate. They wanted him to have a chance to be an everyday player. And my goodness, is he showing it as an everyday player? Are you blown away by those stats? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked considering, and especially on a team that you know, has Albert Pujols and Mike Trout and uh, Otani. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talent in Anaheim. So uh, good for Tommy LaStella. That's yeah. uh, that's terrific. I wanted, I wanted to put you on the spot. I want to put you on the spot. And, and, and honestly, I, I got the reaction I thought I was going to get, which is just utter shock and good on him. And I would love to see him uh, keep that up. He's got a more upright stance. He's getting more launch angle. And Tommy's been a guy that's known for very, very hard contact. So uh, one quick, one quick caveat. So I have been on a bit of a run in on, on my Sunday uh, softball team. And you can laugh and giggle. I don't care. I love, I play three days a week. And in my Sunday league, I wear game-worn gray Chicago Cubs Tommy LaStella pants. And I am on a run dating backs to winter ball mm. that I've never been on in my life. And I everybody everybody knows in that league that I'm wearing Tommy LaStella's pants. It's a good job by you there. Great job there by uh, Chad wearing the, <laughs> it's, the Tommy it's Tommy's pants. pants. All right, buddy, let's move on to the ninth inning. Now, here's why I'm excited about um, this series in the nation's capital. We've already talked about the Phillies coming up um, uh, back in, in, in Chicago in that series. And then, obviously, it, it goes right into uh, 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 a couple more away at home series. But um, the reason I'm excited about the, uh, the, the, the series against the Washington Nationals is I'm going to be at the game Saturday with my nephews, and I'm going to be at the game on Sunday with a whole bunch of coworkers. Uh, I am excited about this series, and it's going to be a great measuring stick, as I believe um, it's one of those series that you look at and you go, eh, what could happen here? Um, and the pitching matchups are pretty um, uh, interesting as well because we, we do have we have uh, uh, Hendricks and Lester getting two of those three starts. Yep. So what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And on the other side of it, you, for Washington, we get to see Max Scherzer in the first game against yep. Cole Hamels. Then we get to see Steven Strasburg for the Nats in the second game against John Lester. That game's also on Fox, so you can watch that. And then the Sunday night matchup on ESPN 
with Hendricks versus Jeremy Hellickson. So, um, no, this is going to be a terrific series. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's always great when uh, you get to see really good pitching matchups. I'm always down for that. And as you said before, the Nats aren't really off to that hot start. But, hey, listen, they still have a very talented team. Davey Martinez, former Cubs coach, now the manager under uh, you know Joe Madden for such a long time in Tampa and in Chicago. So the um, the young Jedi will now face the master uh, once again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is is this one of those series, as you think, Chad, where um, not to kind of get off track too much, but is this one of these series that if Davey Martinez does not have a good showing against the Cubs, that this could potentially cost him his job? There's a lot of talk that Dave Martinez is on the hot seat right now in Washington. Perform well in this series. If his team does not look good, uh, does this give you a reason to, to, for Washington to say uh, Dave Martinez is out as manager of the Nationals? I I don't. I, I appreciate appreciate the question there. I did see a, an article saying the Cubs may be there just in time to help him pack up his office. But here's the thing: <laughs> I, I respect uh, through a mutual friend. I really respect uh, Mike Rizzo, the general manager for the the Washington Nationals. Um, but I got to tell you, I don't understand what they're doing over there. Um, either they really thought they're going to bring Bryce Harper back last year. Um, but if they, they knew they weren't going to bring him back, they, they, they really wasted an opportunity, um, to make a, a late season trade, um, and stock up, um, some, some prospects. They had a, they had a, a golden ticket opportunity to do that. So why do I think they're going to make it a good decision here with, with, with Martinez? And, um, I don't know. I, I think that it's early in the season. Um, and they do, they've got the arms and it's been wasted for so many years. I don't know if I'm a nationals fan, I have got to be so frustrated for them to have the lineup and the core and some generational players on the mound and even in the field at at times, um, and not have the success they've had. They've run into the Cubs a a few years, but I I don't, I don't think that they're going to, I don't think they're going to make the right decision. I think it's going to be an interesting decision and, and the, the, it's been perplexing what they've done because if they're not going to win, they should start unloading a third baseman, a couple pitchers, everybody, um, and and start building to the future. Yeah, well, I mean, in my opinion, they should have never gotten rid of Dusty. Like that, that to me was yeah. the biggest mistake oh they God. made. I mean, I, they, they why they got rid of Dusty is beyond me. Yeah. Uh, that was just plain dumb, in my opinion. Yeah. They they should have never done that. Anyway, fans, yeah, yeah. All right, well, very good. Well, that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. As always, I am Ryan Lieber. He is Chad Gordon. We appreciate it, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field. The first time you walk into Wrigley.